white guys in their 30s. That's right. We're back after a two-week hiatus. hiatus. It's great to be back. Um, In today's episode, the presidential apocalypse that never was, we follow up with Derek's beautiful millennial special. And then we have a very, very clever uh, listener question aimed directly at Derek. Derek, Josh, welcome to the show. Thank you for being here. Blake, uh, these are tough times. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Derek, it sounds like he just got off a ship after being at uh, sea for... <laughs> well, things are changing in America. Uh, we've just lost something that I think is very important to us, and, and no one's really quite sure how it's going to impact us. I'm, of course, obviously talking about monster cereal being taken off store shelves. <laughs> of course. Uh, of course. So, yeah. you know, it's got, we've got some dark times ahead of us, but I like to think in the future, there, you know, things are brighter. Right. Derek does sound like he just crawled out of the bunker for the first time since the election. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, today, <laughs> today I went outside for the first time. Uh, there you go. In, in about a week or however long it's been. I've been sleeping most of that time. Uh, <laughs> have, you been, have you been peeing in 20-ounce Coke bottles? Uh, you know, since- uh, no, my body uh, has just been, it's really weird, but it's its actually processing its own waste automatically now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I don't know if that's like something I can look forward to. That is next... some, yeah, that is some quick evolution. That it yeah, just so <laughs> things are rapidly changing, but <laughs> the next four years are going to be a, a very interesting, so we'll see what else happens. Well, it is in America, so I'm glad to hear that your body's quickly adapting. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, so now, I mean, now is a good a time as any because we haven't we haven't talked with the lovely listeners in a while. Um, What did everyone do these last couple weeks, Josh? What's what's what what defined these past two weeks that the listeners need to know? I think now, I mean, I've you know I've grabbed more pussy now than ever. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) it's it's just it's it's open season. President season. Yeah, you can, you can do that now. Okay. Um, and then other than that, it's just been sort of business as usual. The sky hasn't fallen. Uh, me and my family have gotten up every day, and life has continued to go on. And, <laughs> yeah, Derek, we're still here. Yeah, we're still here. Derek, you didn't jump off the ledge as a, oh. as a democracy. <laughs> I know you didn't, cause, unless you had a tramp or unless the firefighters had the blown up little catch thing at the bottom. They caught him. They caught him. Blake. I, I haven't physically jumping off a ledge, that is true, but I think mentally I've done so much more. Uh, I'm starting to consider recreational drug use. Uh, yeah, th- things are going real well on my end. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've come to this realization that the universe is much crueler than I ever thought it was. Uh, 2016 has been, bar, bar none, the worst year of my life, and I thought – Hey, you know what? It can't get much worse. And then the election happened. So, yeah, it's been real interesting. Fortunately, though, um, I've been to five concerts in the last week. So I'm trying to pummel the negative energy out of myself with heavy metal rips. And so far, it's working. So I will apologize if my voice sounds a little strained. Um, But, yeah, I'm here. And you know what? I'm going to do what I think all good men should do, and that's give it their all. I think that's, That's that's what I'm here to do. That's the American attitude. Yeah, that's right. Oh, good. Well, uh, I'm sorry to hear about the year just sucking, though, Derek. That I feel like I'm having the opposite year, and I hate to hear 
Well, good for you, Blake. <laughs> we're, we're, we're balancing it out, though, right? We, like, right. our powers combined, we're having an average year. We're ha- so. And I think that's the goal of any good American is to just <laughs> be mediocre. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I will say this. Like, obviously, you know, this, is, this was a big deal not only to America but to the world because largely a large part of the world watches the American election because it influences – you know, so much around the world as the as the current only standing Roman Empire, you know, remaining, it, it causes ripples throughout the world. But I, I just wanted to read something um, that I came across this week. There was a question. You guys know where I read my question and answers. Anyway, wait, 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 wait. Uh, let's see. Where could this possibly come hmm. from? Uh, Can, hmm. Does anyone know? <laughs> Cora, my baby Cora. I I, I, seriously, like if you look at my app usage, she's like, she's like second or third after messages (laughs) and maybe my inbox. But yeah, she's right up there. Anyway, so I loved what this guy Todd from Indianapolis had to say. So the question was, and this was like the biggest question over the last week or two on Cora, at least in the, in this sense. And it said, what's the mood in the U.S. right now? And this is what Todd said. He said, I think it's funny how people are posting screenshots of text messages as to what the mood is actually like. Sorry, guys, but social media is not really life. I was all over my city today and everything was, in, was fine. I started in the gas station. Black people, white people, Hispanic people, Indian people were all pumping gas, buying coffee, greeting and holding doors for one another. After that, I had a meeting in a predominantly black area of town. I saw a group of strangers smiling and laughing as if everything was fine. From there, I drove to a mostly white area. I didn't see any high fires or gloating being done about the election. Then I came home as the school across the street got out for the day. As always, waves of white, black, and other different race kids spilled from the front doors to return home. I didn't see any fights or arguments. In fact, the black and white kid were throwing a Frisbee in front of the school. I have to say, everything looked absolutely normal. The irrational fear, threats, and slander happening online and social media were nowhere to be seen in any of my observations today. It would have been a shame to miss this beautiful, sunny fall day just because Trump won the election. I thought that was really cool from Todd in in Indianapolis. Uh there you go (laughs) (laughs) the glass half empty doesn't agree (laughs) norman freaking rockwell over there (laughs) boy did he did he stop at the dollar store and get a pastel so you can paint that picture holy crap here so here, here i will largely agree but here's here's the one thing i will say that this election has done for me is that i I for a long time had faith that my the people around me largely wanted the same thing I wanted. We just had different ideas on how to get there. I now no longer believe that. I think I, I think what we see, and here's what I think social media has done. Social media is us lifting the band-aid on society and seeing what's really under there. You know, the wound doesn't look so bad when there's a band-aid covering it. But when you lift it up and you see the pus and there's a little bit of a tendon sticking out, they're like, oh, crap, maybe there's a problem here. I think, I think there's a problem here. Uh, and I, I think it's something that largely goes unspoken when half the country can elect a guy who said – I don't want to get too political here, but I mean there's a guy who kind of said that we should ban a religion from the country. We should build a wall so people can't come in. And half the people go, yeah, I'm cool with that. I kind of have a hard time – 
This isn't like a normal election where I get, we just disagree on tax policy or we disagree on foreign policy or, or I have a different idea of, to make Social Security solvent. This is like some pretty divisive stuff that we're no longer agreeing on, and that depresses me in a very big way. Okay, so, but, so Derek, you think if you voted for that man who admittedly said really mean things, you have to agree with everything he said. Or you're willing to ignore it, which I think is just as bad. I see. Okay. I, you may like. I know a lot of. Oh, I don't agree with that. But well, there, if there's a but, and you're still voting for the guy who said Muslims shouldn't be allowed in our country, then I mean that's a that's a problem. To me, there's no but. I, the, yeah, I, I feel like. But with both of the candidates, it was a but voting though. Like even people from both parties seem to really not like the candidate, and so it oh. it felt like a defensive vote, and a hesitant vote from everyone across across both sides they, you know? they were the worst candidates we've yeah, ever yeah i mean that's the more depressing and thing we to of, are to blame for that because we didn't elect better ones it's not yes. it's not like we just elect, we were asleep at the wheel <laughs> in this country we somehow funneled it down to those two asshats and that's our fault <laughs> and that's that's to me is the the really most depressing thing out of out of all of it yeah. We'll see, but I, I, I think I really liked what um, John Stewart, bless his heart, I missed that guy because I thought I, he can't, he did an interview and they're like, what are your thoughts, on, you know, on post this election? He said, he said that he said that you know I don't like how everyone's a monolith. So if you did vote for President-elect Trump, you're a racist, you're a homophobe, you hate Muslims. So right. I, I think that's true. Like, and I don't think it necessarily is ignoring it, Derek. I think it's just tur- trying to choose between two turd sandwiches. And if you yeah. value this kind of turd more than this kind of turd, I mean, I think it's, I don't know if it's like consciously, you know, consciously ignoring that. It's just, geez, this sucks. I got to make a decision because we were asleep at the wheel and getting these two, you know, to yeah, war today. but I mean, look, I understand not liking Hillary Clinton because she's not likable. She's, you know, she's, she she's Hillary like Dr. Evil. I get that. Like, <laughs> but I, it's like categorically like objective here is that she's way more prepared to be president than the other guy. And it just, I, I, yeah. I'm just baffled that we elected uh, the three of us are as qualified to be president. And I, Half the country is like, yep, I'm cool with that. Let's roll the dice. Let's change. No experience needed. (laughs) But it's I can't get a job if I don't have experience. No, I know. That is a flooring aspect of this. And I (laughs) did not expect these outcomes either. But, yeah, you're right. The experience factor is really something that people have glossed over here. Yeah. Derek, I got to say, though, like you mentioned that. That social, I mean, moving a little diff, off topic a little, you mentioned that you believe that social media is like this true reflection of humanity, where I would argue it's actually an exaggeration where we lose our dignity and we're not respectable. So it's yeah. this very divisive, hey, I can hide behind a comment and say incredibly mean things, even though I don't do that in my day to day life, ergo, real life. So the, right. there's this <laughs> fictional overlaid you know, hyperbole, full of emotion level that I would call social media 
that is very different than when you go out to day-to-day life and see people interacting, which I think Todd so eloquently in his Rockwellian <laughs> version <laughs> show, showed. So I, I, I would disagree with you. I think even Obama said, you know, social media is divisive. And I think this is one of the bigger problems culturally in not only America but the world is this disconnect between this ugly social media system where we play by different rules, we're hurtful, we block people that we don't agree with, we create these little echo chambers and group think and hive mind and we don't see out of a periphery. And, that, and I, I think that creates intolerance more than... I mean, and, and to put it differently, I think we all, social media, we all act a little like Trump. We all, unfortunately, all have some nasty Trump tendencies that we're just going to put blinders on, we'll delude ourselves, and we'll think we live in this little weird world that really isn't what reality is. Yeah. Yeah, we certainly got a, a, a reality wake-up call, so we'll see what happens. Uh, <clears throat> uh, jarring at best. Hope yeah. We may need Todd over the next four years to continue his, <laughs> his interpretations <laughs> of the world <laughs> to get us through it. Well, I, I, will, I will say there's no doubt. We, we elected a Molotov cocktail Mm-hmm. I don't know if many Molotov cocktails do good, but hopefully this one can. I'm I'm optimistic the glass is still half full for me. And, you know, we'll kick the zombie out later if he dorks around and keep him to a four-term or impeach him. I don't know. Whatever. But, you know, we, it is what it is. There's going to be a peaceful transition, which is pretty damn American and pretty damn cool, and that makes me very pr- proud. When I, I think I told you guys this. When I was in Africa last year, this guy came up to me. He's like, I just... He's like, I can't believe that you guys just switch parties without war and bloodshed. I mean, so that, to, that put it in perspective to me. I, I think the more I've gone, been abroad is to be proud of the things we, you know, the way that it is handled here. So chin up, Derek. Chin up, guys. <laughs> chin up. Okay, now I want to move shift gears to we didn't get to talk, Josh and Derek, but we didn't get to talk about this pretty – Pretty significant special that we just aired here on the Manthology Show. Talking about Good Derek's stuff. millennial special that was remarkable, I would would be the word that I would use to describe it. Yeah, yes. thanks. Thanks a lot, guys. And I'll tell very, you, very good the, job. the response has been tremendous. I've actually had people come up to me um, that listen to the show that have gone out of their way to tell me they've enjoyed it that, that, that much. And I've had the same sentiment uh, you know, brought to me, which is, Boy, that got pretty heavy there. <laughs> that got, got kind of real. And uh, yeah, it did. And I, again, I didn't expect that. So again, if you haven't listened to it, um, definitely go back and check out uh, our millennial special. Uh, these kids got, these kids are just so honest, guys. These millennials, they love to share their feelings and they had no problem doing it with me. Well, so again, I like to thank them you all for are being too, Derek, like you're. Your clothes was very presidential. I <laughs> think you really oh, wrapped yeah. it all together. I was oh, yeah, I, very I, well done. Yeah, if you if you if you're for anyone for any of you TLDR people, just go listen to the last three minutes of the episode if you're just going <laughs> to blow it off because it's phenomenal. Um, the whole thing is great, but even Derek's TLDR version at the end of the show is just it's just wonderful. So thanks again. Derek, I really enjoyed uh, the perspectives, and we need to do more, I think, of these, and we do have more coming in an upcoming Uh episode, which I'll tease at the end of this show, so I'm going to dangle that carrot, let you nibble (laughs) on that, 
We got, we got another special coming up for that. But uh, yeah, and any, any remarks, Josh, or any thoughts? What, what did you take away from I, Yeah, oh, I thought it was great. And I know we talked about it before, but Derek, I'm curious, were there any surprises? Like, was there anything that really surprised you coming out of those interviews that you didn't see coming at all? Well, um, man, I mean, I, the, like I said before, the, the entire tone of it was kind of a surprise to me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, look, I'll be real honest. I went in expecting to do comedy. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I felt uh, that I, I, that's kind of what I expected too going yeah. into it. And I mean, the whole premise was what if I did a podcast about millennials in the style of a nature show, <laughs> 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 like kind of looking at what, what is the millennial doing beneath the tree? Oh, he's, he's, he's doing what, what he's some biologists, yeah, <laughs> some biologists call that Snapchat. <laughs> From farm to table. Um, <laughs> so that's what I was expecting. And I even started, I interviewed like four or five uh, kids. And so not, I had to edit them down. Not, not all of them made the show. Um, what I want to do, by the way, plug here for our patrons is I want to release each one, each conversation I had unedited to the patron, to the yeah. patron. So you'll be able to hear the full uh, stuff if, if you're interested in becoming uh, a patron. But anyway, um, yeah, so I went in expecting it to be shtick. I even named it. Mutual of Omaha's Wild Millennials because (laughs) (laughs) there used to be a show. um, You guys, you know, you guys may remember Mutual of Omaha's Wild Kingdom, which was like feature show sponsored by Mutual of Omaha. We landed some big sponsorships for that episode. Yeah, yeah. So Mutual of Omaha fortunately got on board here, and uh, yeah. So yeah, and and I did every interview. I opened with like jokes. because I thought that's it would just be funny, but they yeah they, it it was some of the interviews were pretty funny. Like the conversation about Chipotle, I thought was pretty great. It was, it was. But it also touched you know touched on some real things too. And so I guess I was just surprised by their candor um, and how how smart these kids are. I and mean, they were all like really smart and all involved in creating media, which I thought was interesting. They were all either podcast, they had podcast experience, or they were YouTubers, or they're all you know good at talking. Which was, yeah. was I'm glad you said that, Derek, because I <clears throat> I volunteer for my youth group at church, and I'm kind of the same. Like, so these are even younger than millennials. What do they call them now? I don't. What's what's below oh, wait, millennial? We don't even have a name for those. We don't have a name for them yet. But I <laughs> I, don't know. I, I don't am so. shocked by how informed, by how respectful and good these kids are. That. I can't help but think like the world is in really, really good hands. Wait, like so, they're so good. They're. So I know. Good. I know. So it's there's this weird situation where you know, like when your parents and grandparents they kind of they they kind of like oh the world's in horrible hands, but they're like, but you guys are doing way better than I did, and I feel like we're at that moment. We're like, oh, I'm turning old, and these kids are doing way better than we did. So like, the world's in good hands. That's that's my headline for after and working with young whippersnappers. You know, one of the coolest things in, in kind of researching millennials, I found some amazing stats that blew my mind um, as kind of a Gen Xer, kind of a millennial. I found out that some crazy percentage of millennials, I don't remember the exact number, but it's really high. When, when asked who their best friend is, they identified one of their parents. And I, I, that wow. blew my mind because when I was a kid, we were rebelling against our parents. We hated our parents. <laughs> Dad just doesn't understand. And I would put on Metallica and like be angry at the world. These millennials aren't angry at anything except like – irresponsibly raised pork like that i don't understand it's it's just fascinating to me they're so kind and like thoughtful it, that's, that's their form of rebellion is the kindness 
They're rebelling against big farm, big yeah. farming. Like it's really They're rebelling big against cotton. rebellion. Yeah. <laughs> big cotton. Um, anyway, yeah. If you haven't listened to the show, great. Go back. It's the one right before this one, the special. It's uh, it's it's, it's the only one sponsored form. by Mutual of Omaha. Yeah, yeah. Mutual of Omaha. <laughs> Bring you can't it. miss it. Yeah. Now. Now, uh, you know, Josh, I, you came up with, I think, maybe the best, most clever game to spice up boring work conferences I have certainly ever heard of. Do you have a I name did? for this game, and can you describe it for the listeners I, out there that are in the I don't. Course? I don't have a name for it yet, and if any listener has a name for it, uh, <laughs> tweet us and let us know. But here's how it works, gang. Um, basically, what I do is... If I'm on a conference call with a bunch of coworkers and whoever else, I will, during the call, I will chat that coworker a specific phrase, totally out of context and very <laughs> random, and their job is to insert that phrase into the conversation at some point. <laughs> now, I can't do it enough justice to tell you how much fun this is and how much joy it's brought to my professional work life doing this. Um, because half of the anticipation, I mean, half of the excitement is just the anticipation of how or if you're going to do How are they going to pull put, this off? So yeah. you, you said one of them you had to do was Teddy Roosevelt's a turd, and you worked that in the system. No, not a turd. Teddy Roosevelt's turd is one of the- <laughs> Um, but I've been doing this for a while, and they've gotten kind of, kind of good. Like one was uh, a firecracker and a rat's ass. Uh, <laughs> Alvin and the Chipmunks prog rock album was one. I'm sure Willy Wonka has a pretty interesting backstory. <laughs> and then one was, well, let's not forget OJ was once a Heisman Trophy winner who rushed for two thousand yards, but. <laughs> so, so the you, goal is to just think of the most absurd things and then get my coworkers to find a way and kudos to them those that could take the challenge and deliver to insert them into a conversation and then the reaction from everyone else like <laughs> what did what did Tom just say <laughs> what I guess that means something I don't know <laughs> anyway really spices up the old three o'clock conference calls and i encourage everyone else to do it i love it we got to have a name for this like i want to do it because i can't stand meetings so this to me is i can i see this as a vehicle that i can kind of participate in meetings in a meaningful and redeeming way it's just harmless fun but man is it fun (laughs) (laughs) it's great yeah we got it we got to come up with some some kind of name for that i don't know derek you got any idea what's the name of this conference game I don't know. It, it, Teddy Roosevelt's turd is a pretty good name for it. it maybe may, that yeah. is. Teddy Roosevelt's turd was the original one, so maybe that should be the name of the maybe, game. Maybe Teddy Roosevelt's turd challenge, you know, because yeah. we got the yeah. mannequin yeah. challenge now. We'll just, just call it a challenge. I don't know. A little TRTC. There you go. There you go. <laughs> have, have you guys seen some of those mannequin challenges on the YouTubes? Yeah, I have. They're impressive. Derek, have you seen these? I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, oh, so, it's kind of it's it's like the it's like the what is it the it's like the ice bucket challenge of November. yeah yeah uh, okay anyway, uh, yeah anyway it's it's uh you have to just search search for mannequin challenge and it, people are just standing still it's exactly what it sounds like Derek it's just people standing still it's totally ridiculous <laughs> it doesn't make it's sense but it's, it's kind of cool <laughs> like when you see some of the shots 
Anyway, fellas, that's the end of this episode, but we got a special plug for next week, okay? In the spirit of Derek's original reporting, the Manthology Show will be interviewing Frank Miniter. He is the author of This Will Make a Man Out of You, a new book coming out. Best-selling author. We're excited to have Frank on the show, so we're going to... That's next week. Um, we hope you stay tuned for that, but that wraps it up for this episode. Josh, why don't you tell them how they can participate in an upcoming show? Yes, please visit ManthologyShow.com to become a patron and get access to the additional interviews that Derek was talking about. You can also follow us on Twitter at ManthologyShow, and you can also email us at men at ManthologyShow.com. For Josh and Derek, I'm Blank. Thank you so much for listening. It's great to be back. We'll catch you right here next time on The Menthology Show. Oh, 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 oh,